This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in First Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I'm interviewing a fellow Canadian again, which is so exciting. Her name is Amanda, and she is a guide with body, mind, and soul. And we're going to be chatting about lots of different things, astrology, human design, Chinese medicine, and whatever else comes up in our conversation today. So Amanda, I would love if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and we're just going to dive into a conversation together. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's really fun to be here, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm from Toronto. And well, I've been through quite a lot, uh, you know, physically, mentally and emotionally. I, several years ago, I ended up very near death and that completely changed my life. It changed how I behave, how I heal, how I look at my body and mind and emotions. And so from there, I started diving into things like Chinese medicine, which first led me to to a healing path where Western medicine wasn't giving me any answers. So I moved into Chinese medicine. I learned auricular acupuncture. I started studying herbs and astrology. And just this last year, I got into human design. So that's being added to to the list of things that I'm learning about myself and there and then offer to others as well that's so cool oh my gosh I first of all we were chatting before we hit (laughs) hit record and I I had no idea that you had a near-death experience and it's Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine I mean we became friends we also met online through Instagram also had a near-death experience and that got her onto the path of like coaching and everything and it's so crazy how something so negative can create such a positive impact so I'd be really curious to hear you share a little bit more I and mean, you don't have to go into like the details of it, but just like, what is, what has happened for you since, since then? And what, you know, what really got you specifically into Chinese medicine and not, you know, the Western medicine that everyone, not everyone, that's a generalization that a lot of people, you know, believe in more than Eastern. Well, I was a social worker at the time and I uh, went on a raw diet. I changed my life. And I was like, Oh, I was always interested in, in body care and awareness, but I didn't really have a clue. And it was being promoted as such a healthy way of being. So I did that for too long for my body. And I didn't know the warning signs of when I wasn't absorbing nutrition anymore. I was having heart palpitations. I was having anxiety attacks every day. You know, I couldn't even get on the streetcar anymore. I was so anxious. I was afraid I was going to die on the streetcar like death was like a constant daily management at that point uh when a good friend of mine who was also my manager was seeing seeing a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine and she saw how I wasn't performing at work very good anymore and just you know she was a friend so she's introduced me to this woman and as soon as this woman saw me it was like an unbelievable relief because she's like oh are you eating raw food are you doing this are you doing this are you doing this and she laid it all out and i said yes i am and she gave me a list of things to eat and to try and herbs to take and it took years to sort of get more stability and heal from this experience but my bowels had collapsed 
uh, I had liver problems. I had, I mean, you know, of course there was just so many systemic issues at that time. And so without the Western medicine side, I had, I had a doctor cause I was completely in Western medicine prior to this. And I was saying, I'm, I don't feel good. I don't feel well. I'm tired all the time of this. And he's like, well, your blood work looks okay. So it's probably mental health stuff, which I started to also spiral on. Cause I'm like, if this is only mental health, what's happening? Like, I feel physically unwell. So from there is when it just completely blew open my eyes to alternative healing in general, like all kinds of energy work and, but the acupuncture, the herbs, the, you know, and then inviting in again, the Chinese organ clock. So tuning my day completely to heal my body even more by utilizing certain hours of the day to optimize the organ healing at that time. Like it was just, it was so severe that I was like, I have to go all the way, <laughs> you know, if I, if I don't want to die it was quite an intense process <laughs> i really appreciate this story just because i think the a really important thing that you're sharing is that the importance of listening to your body first of all and that just because for example the raw diet works well for someone doesn't mean it's going to work well for everyone right so obviously this this was like feedback from your body like no you're not you're you're not meant to be eating this way and one thing that i find really interesting is i've kind of looked into this you were talking about the the body clock and i used to have well ironically when i was living in toronto i was having issues sleeping and i kept waking up between like 2 and 3 a.m like every night like it wouldn't matter what time i went to bed like i was constantly waking up at this time and um and so i was like looking this up online you're like what is the metaphysical meaning of waking up between 2 or 3 a.m and naturally like the chinese body clock would come up and it would show the different hours of at the night at night if you're waking up at certain times like what organs were being affected and i might have this wrong but i think two or three a.m was had to do with the liver so i was yes. like okay interesting so i wonder what i'm doing that's affecting my liver that's having me wake up at that time and be restless so it's yeah. like such a such an interesting intuitive experience to be using that versus like Oh, you're having sleep issues? Let's just give you some uh, sleep medication and you can just take this once a night. You might be a little groggy the next day. Like, oh, I just, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. And there's so many things that we see doing that. Again, Western medicine has its place. It saves lives. Like, you know, I, there are many cases where we need this. It's not to completely say that, but then, you know, there are so many ways in which it doesn't see the person holistically. And so these other practices are ancient. And so when we look at like how they look at the body, we can add to and expand Western medicine and not leave out these other things as pseudoscience. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, and when with the liver thing, I think it's very common. I had some similar things years ago too. It's like definitely eating late, partying, emotional stagnation that doesn't heal. Like it's just... Again, it's not to say that if you wake up at the time you have like a liver disease, although it could lead to that, but you have to look at it holistically. It's like, do you have emotions that are trapped and anger? Do you have, you know, and then just do that kind of internal, again, your awareness, like you said, it's, you're not going to just start to put yourself in a, in a box. You have to do your own investigating. And it's funny that you brought up emotions because I don't know if this would have to do with it, but it could have been that my liver was like harboring the stress of living downtown Toronto. 
And yeah. I was personal training at the time. So I was getting up at like 4.45 in the morning, you know, five, six days a week. And I'd go to bed at 8.30 at night, but I was just like constantly turned on. And when, when I moved back to BC, that's when I've finally been able to sleep. Like I'll sleep basically the whole night, might wake up once to go to the washroom, whereas before I was just like constantly waking up. So it's really interesting. Like I think our environment really does play a role as well. But I would love, can you share a little bit more about the, the Chinese body clock and just maybe say like the times and the body parts? I don't know if that's going to take too long to share, yeah. but I'm really curious. And I think the listeners would like to know too. Yeah, sure. So usually, I mean, you can start, there are different views of it. Some people start the body clock, I think around 11 p.m. when they say like the gallbladder time. But I like to look at it in the morning. So when we, between five and seven, is when the large intestine is at it, its most active. So when you think of that time, you're thinking, okay, the sunrise, the energy of the sunrise, we should be waking up between five and seven. Obviously we don't do that all the time. Modern life is also something. So you don't use the body clock in a rigid way because modern life isn't set for that. But ideally <laughs> you get up, you eliminate during that time because your large intestine wants to release things and then you know it's a really good time to exercise too and hydrate that kind of thing to support if you notice you have like constipation or diarrhea or other kind of emotional things that come up around like loss grief not wanting to let things go holding on to things holding on to people or emotions or anything like that is all associated with that large intestine and then after that it's the stomach so it's a good time to take some food in to yeah just eat breakfast and you know eat something nourishing that's soothing to the stomach not anything that's too cold that's another i guess that's another thing from chinese medicine that in western we eat a lot of cold things here so yeah. <laughs> like growing up i would always eat mostly cold cereal unless i was having oatmeal but warm things in the morning are generally better for the body um of course you can have cold food whenever but and then what else what's after that yeah so the spleen is after that so from 9 to 11 is the spleen so that's another good time where you're starting to digest some of the food that you took in your stomach and yeah this just it's a really good time to do something nourishing for yourself as well i mean most of us are a lot of people are working during that time but there are little trick tips and tricks that i'm working out in the course too that will sort of you can add into a day even if you're working and then after that between 11 and 1 is the heart and they say that it's a really good time to do some physical activity during this time because your heart is the most optimal so your circulation is good you're you know ideally but again if you're having problems during this time then you want to look at supporting your heart and your you know and i'll be including even essential oils that can help during those times as well which are something really quick that you can do to help balance those things after that is a small intestine so a great time to have a meal or even around noon ish or so like i guess lunchtime right it's a normal time for lunch between one and three and then after that you have between three and five which is a really good time that's usually the time when a lot of us get tired right between three and five and it's actually not abnormal because when you think about it being the bladder meridian time frame the opposite to the bladder meridian is the lung and so the lung would be at its sort of weakest point when the bladder is at its highest point 
So you're getting the least amount of oxygen between three and five while the bladder is at its height and the bladder meridian runs down the back and the spinal cord, which serves to help relax the nervous system. So it is good to, you know, have a little siesta during between three and five. And you'll notice like when I take even a 20 minute lay down, whether it's a meditation or a break or nap, that can give you the rejuvenation that you need for the rest of the night in a balanced way, potentially. Um, but again, there are some little tips and tricks that you can do if you can't lay down during that time, because a lot of time we're at work, uh, you can ha still harmonize your energies more. After that, between five and seven is the kidney time, which is a really great time, again, to have dinner because the kidney is the opposite. So the, so the weakest organ at that time is the large intestine, which is something that releases and, and puts out and the kidney takes in. So it's a great time to have a meal, to do something stimulating for your mind, to take in some information, to, you know, do all that. And then after that, it's the uh, circulation, the pericardium. So between seven and nine, it's a really great time to make a connection, to give people hugs and be intimate. You know, again, it's a great time for sex. Like when you think about the, what is receiving the most energy at this time of day is your pericardium, your circulation, your sex. Uh, also, you know, if, for me, I've had problems at that time. So I'll lay down and put my feet up the wall and try to encourage circulation at that time because I've had depletion. Yeah, and then after that is the triple warmer. So between nine and 11 is when you just wanna start winding down your night. Uh, naturally, it seems like a normal thing to do at that time, but many of us stay late, <laughs> myself included, especially if you have kids and you're like, I can't, I'm just gonna stay up. But you can really feel, so you can try like, uh, again, like doing a foot bath, anything, obviously less TV, less screens. I know that's hard. And then after that is the gallbladder from 11 to one. So this is the time you'd be going to bed between 11 and one. You want to make sure that, and the foot bath will help as well, like get you ready for that process because the gallbladder is sort of the beginning of the restoration period. And then after that, like you said, mentioned it's your liver. <laughs> and so you want to make sure that you're already in rest when the liver's energy is at its highest because that's your detox time. That's when your liver is like, okay, I'm going to do my work. And then after that is the lung. And then the lung, and then we start again with the large intestine. So sometimes people with the lung too will wake up with pains between three and five. And then it might be like, you know, deep grief, uh, lung obstructions, all kinds of things going on. And then, and then again, yeah starting all back around at large intestine for another day <laughs> so cool oh my gosh i really love you sharing that i was like just visualizing my day like oh yeah like this makes sense and that makes sense and i i really love this so much because if you think about it when we live our life we do things according to we're like responding to the environment right? So it's like, oh, we get up, okay, alarm went off, and I got to get up and go to work, and I got to do this, this, and this, and then I have a phone call, and then I'm going to eat at this time, and so on. And it's very, like, reactive, where I feel like you sharing, you know, the body clock this way is very, like, inward focus, like, okay, what mm. energy is the highest with what organ right now? Like, what would be the optimal thing for me to do? Like, really taking care of yourself, which I think yeah. is so amazing. So I really appreciate you sharing that.
there's just so much. And I just want to share it because it helped me. It really helped me heal this deep issue that I had. And it was one of the major pieces when I started actually like taking time off work so that I could really live within this cloth so that I could heal better. And now I'm like, oh, I only have to do a few little things, but I did need to live by it for a while. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I would love, <laughs> I would love to chat now a bit about um, astrology because you mentioned yeah. that, that was something else that you were really passionate about. And then of course we've chatted about um, a little bit about human design before we hit record, but I'd love for you to chat about astrology and like what got you into that. And then of course, naturally we'll talk about how it crosses over into human design as well. Yeah. So interesting. I mean, I've been into astrology since I was a teenager. I don't really know what got me into it. I guess knowing my astrology, I now know <laughs> why, <laughs> but like some of my, my planets are really into the like spirituality, the esoterics, the, all that. So it makes sense that from a young age, I just naturally gravitated towards those things. And when I was in my teens, I started attempting trying to draw up my own birth charts. So I've dipped in and out over the years and had a few readings from astrologers that were just so epic that I was like, yes, this is very accurate and they can see me. <laughs> so you're like a little freaked out because someone else can see you. Same with human design. Yeah. It's like, Oh my gosh, like finding out the projector piece changed my life this year as well, because astrology, that's something that astrology uh, didn't help me see. And so now with human design and astrology, I'm really excited because the projector thing, I just, for months, I couldn't stop talking about it. <laughs> I'm a projector. I, I don't have this energy. I don't have this energy. Yes. Uh, and that's something that I didn't find in my astrology at this point. So it would be interesting to see if even you had some takes on that, like as far as like where to find that in, in astrology, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that I, I love, I mean, okay, so I was, I was sharing with Amanda before we hit record that I'm literally a magnet for splenic projectors. Like I just, there's like over six or seven people in my life who are splenic projectors most of my clients are splenic projectors and it's so funny because I'm a sacral generator so I just I have this energy right and I think that that's obviously what's happening is that I'm completing you in the sacral of you getting that energy from me right and yes. uh, and yeah when I what I discovered for myself being discovering that I was a generator I think the biggest thing was understanding why I was getting so frustrated in my life and that's the not self theme of being a generator is being out of alignment is feeling frustrated and that feedback telling me that I'm not doing what I'm meant to be doing like this isn't for me and I think you, you know imagine being someone who has that energy to like push hard and continue getting things done but being so frustrated the entire time it was so hard and so when I learned how to use my sacral to ask like yes or no questions and put my put my focus on things that actually light me up and then I can just go for hours like that makes sense to me and it's given me a lot more freedom in business too which is amazing and one thing I love about you know splenic projectors like it's actually it's so beautiful that you're a splenic projector because when you have a splenic authority it's about asking yourself is this good for me is this healthy for me like that's how you're you're meant to make decisions is asking that which is hysterical <laughs> considering you <laughs> 
everything that you're up to in terms of like transforming your health, like that's really going to be because like the splenic center is, you know, where the fear gates live. And so there's a lot of care about safety and security and, and health right? So you having that defined, like you're going to know what's best for you, which like you're just in complete alignment going down this path with Chinese medicine and, and learning more about yourself. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's so crazy. And you know, it's funny because when I found out, I also have the channel, um, the 3828 channel. And so that to me highlights like my struggle with death and like my fight and like the fight for meaning in life and how I've derived meaning from these experiences. And I'm like, Oh fuck. It's like right there in my human design. <laughs> it's like, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I love that so much. So what would you say? Let's say, so I know that a lot of people like astrology, like my, most of my experience with astrology has literally just been looking up, you know, my birthday. So I was born March 18th, 1990. So I'm a Pisces. And uh, it's funny, what I've noticed, though, even with astrology, is that because I'm so close to the Aries mark, that I find myself to be a little bit more fiery at times compared to the water sign of being like super emotional and so on. But let's say if somebody wanted to learn more about astrology, because that's also like a massive beast to like learn and conquer and understand, especially the natal charts. When I saw my natal chart, I was like, oh my god, my head is going to pop. So what would, you, what would you say to the listeners if they wanted to get into astrology to help them learn more about themselves? What would you recommend? Um, I really think looking beyond the sun sign is helpful because for years I, f I followed only my sun sign. I didn't understand. And I was like, I don't really relate to this. There's so much that's not going on here that's not explaining. And so when we look at what our moon sign is, we can understand, you know, where we are emotionally speaking and sort of the representation of like mother in our lives when we look at the sun it's sort of the father aspect um but even your rising sign might be more your personality because it's sort of like your personality who you show out to the world and so once learning those things i was like oh yes this makes a lot more sense so looking at those three to start the sun moon and rising can just give you a little bit more of a holistic picture than just the sun sign uh yeah and then from there i really like you know if you're interested in looking and understanding your north and south node and same like in human design i know it's very interesting in that way it's like your south node is like your past lives it's it's what you're sort of good at and what you kind of need to move away from you already have those gifts and uh into your north node and then so astrology you can use in that way as well which i have found really helpful Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I love that you shared that. And it's funny because I'm still learning about the planets, the planets, gates and channels have just really gotten deep into understanding, you know, the types, authorities, strategies, profiles and whatnot. But right. I just, it really blows my mind when I, when I got my needle chart reading. So I'm, um, I'm a Scorpio rising sun. Is that right? Yeah. So the funny thing is, so funny story, when I got my chart reading, I, I told the girl, so her and I, funnily enough, her birthday is March 19th and I'm March 18th. So she was like recommended to me, which is so funny. So we had very similar birthdays. But then when I, when I had a call with her, I said, hey, I just wanted to know that apparently I was actually born on the 17th at like 11.55 p.m. So this is what my, my dad told me. So the 17th is St. Patrick's Day. My dad is French and my mom is Portuguese. And so 
he thought, well, I, you know, I'd rather you have your birthday on the 18th. We'll just say you were born two minutes after midnight. Right. I know. I wish everyone could see your face right now. You're like so <laughs> shocked. And so technically I'm born on the 17th. So when I did my chart reading, like this is, this is the, the thing with birth times. When I did my chart reading, me being on the 17th at like 11.50, like between 11.45 and 11.55 PM had me at like the 29th degree of being a Scorpio rising. And so if I said I was born two minutes after midnight, then I would have been, I don't know what the next sign is. I can't remember now, but a different sign. Right. And I, it would just would have changed everything. And then the other crazy thing is the woman who was reading my chart, she, when we did the 17th, she goes, Oh my God, like we literally had an inverse chart. Like it was like the opposite. And we had a very similar human design as well, which was so funny. And I thought, wow, like this is so interesting. Oh, I know the power of birth time and just that planetary alignment is like wildly impressive. Yeah, it can change a lot. It's true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I would love for you to share a little bit more. You, you were talking a bit about essential oils. Is this mm -hmm. something, is this something that you're into and really passionate about? I'm like obsessed with essential oils. I use them every day. I've got it going in my office right now. Yes. I'm a freak for essential oils. They're so good. Again, something else that has completely changed my life. And, you know, again, like I, I am a true believer that things come into our lives when we need them. And so I've been using essential oils for years, but it hasn't been until about a year and a half now where I'm like really, really in. And it's, incredible for my mental and emotional health and physical health and like there's just so many levels on which you can take essential oils you can use them just for your physical body but then you can use them spiritually and and emotionally as well so it's an incredible tool so what would you recommend let's say somebody who wants to get into essential oils like what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to getting them because like for example i know that you can like walk into a dollar store and get essential oils and they would be less expensive you don't really know what's in it or you could go to somewhere like sage which yeah. they have amazing oil options and yeah. i know i don't know if you know this but apparently some essential oils can also be toxic to pets so like there's just so many things so what's your What's your input on that? Um, I think, you know, definitely don't buy anything from the dollar store that you would put on or in you. Like, I think, you know, unless you're in dire situation, but you don't really need essential oils that are from the dollar store because they're most likely toxic. Uh, these compounds can cross the blood brain barrier. So I would be very concerned about something that isn't, that you haven't followed up and made sure yourself their testing standards their you know they should have the company should have available for you each batch to look at and to, for you to decide if that's some rigorous studies or not and it should be readily available any company that you would look at so with things like that that are highly volatile very powerful plant compounds just because they're plants doesn't mean it's just something lightly you know and i know price is challenging we we have been conditioned to look at things in its term in terms of price but i really encourage people to consider that it you know the price might mean purity and it could also mean that people would be paying more fair wages and all these other things that you know in terms of like a sustainable business and in terms of pets it's true there are some oils that 
are toxic to animals, but we have had many cats in here and I've never had a problem if you leave the doors open, the windows open, if you're diffusing. They say certain oils aren't good, but I've used them anyway, just in smaller amounts and made sure that they're freely able to move. If the cat can leave the room, then they know too, you know, and I've spoken to vets. So they're like, it really would take quite a bit of an essential oil to kill an animal. It would like they'd have to consume a lot and cats don't have certain enzymes to clear these oils from their bodies so with cats it's, you have to be extra careful with topical applications but there are many vets to help guide you in, in that i i do use them on my cats or around my cats to help with respiratory issues and emotional stuff and you can see it helps them quite a lot so oh my gosh so yeah. what are what would be your recommendation? Let's say somebody's listening to this episode and they're like, oh, I think I want to get some essential oils. Like what would be your go-to scents that you would recommend and your, maybe your go-to places? I have so many favorites. I mean, it would depend on exactly what they were trying to treat or what they wanted it for. Like if it's for relaxation. Many people think lavender, but I don't really love lavender myself. So I go for more things like cedarwood or trees. Um, which is also really nice to bring into the home because yes. especially since the lockdown, we're stuck inside. So when you have like plant compounds and they've done studies on this where, you know, you walk in a forest and the sort of the plant is giving off its essence and that can change your brain chemistry. So when we bring the essence of the plant in the diffuser here, it's not exactly the same, but it does help more than not having the plants in our home. So it can expand our mind and mood. Yeah, cedarwood, black spruce, I love juniper, things like that. And yeah, I mean, I, I get my oils through doTERRA. So that's my, and I know at this point, I've done research where I'm like, okay, I don't have to do research every time I buy an oil because I've researched the company and all of the practices. But if I'm curious about whose hands are touching and making my oils and what plants and where they're coming from and how do they treat the earth. And then I, I can really easily get that information. So that's why I love that. Cause I can spend less time looking at human rights issues and looking at all of the, the steps along the way from soil to when it comes to me and what happens. So that's been a real big reason why, why I support that them there and I can take them internally which is another real reason why I trust it because I want to use them internally whereas like some other oils maybe people just want to diffuse and so they might not have the same standards but when you're when you're taking it internally and using it very therapeutically uh yeah I would there's another local place living libations that has some good ones as well that I like but other than that those are the two that I use that's amazing. I really appreciate you sharing the nitty gritty of like really looking at where these oils are coming from and, you know, suggesting some amazing scents as well, just because I think it kind of gives more power to the oils in, in the sense it's like, okay, it's something that smells good, but there's so much more to that. Like it really can have an impact on your health. Like this is why you want quality. And for example, I know very vaguely that a rose scent is one of the most expensive essential oils and I remember asking okay this might be wrong I hope you know the answer I went to Sage and I remember she was saying she's like yes literally it was either one bottle or one drop something ridiculous there's like 10,000 rose petals yeah. like it's so 
concentrated. Is it one drop or one bottle? I think it's a drop. It might be drop. It's something like that. You're yeah. right. I've heard well, it's like 10 or 12,000 roses. And so, you know, like it's hundreds of dollars yeah. for a milliliter bottle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, you know, I don't personally have rose in my life right now for that reason, <laughs> but I have smelt it and tried it um, from other people. And it's incredible. Like, of course, it's going to be an incredibly medicinal thing for yeah. you because that many roses and the purity of it as well because I know I've smelt um, synthetic rose and you can really tell the difference like when you smell again like from sage or otherwise like a more pure clean version of rose and then you smell like the dollar store rose you can tell you can tell you just yeah. have to do like, a smell test <laughs> yeah, use that little sniffer <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh but it is true. It's incredible. And even peppermint, it's something like one drop of peppermint is like 30 cups of tea, peppermint oh tea. Gosh. So if you're using it in a tea, it's like, that's very, it's potent. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. That's so interesting. I love that we're talking about this. I just learned a couple of new things about essential oils and I love them. Like I literally well, diffuse them in my office every day. And um, yeah, what I, are your have, I even have, um, the like the pharmacy pack from sage where there's like the lavender one and there's a couple other ones for digestion um, okay immune pain release as well so i love actually here's a here's a little side piece for the listeners using yeah. peppermint halo from sage or anything peppermint and using that where you roll it on your temples up across your forehead like behind your ears and around your neck that can help with headaches and i love that because it's obviously better than just taking advil right and the, yeah. the smell is like so nice and just clean and relaxing. So that's one of my, my favorite things. If I have a headache, I will use peppermint halo. They call it peppermint halo because you're making a halo of peppermint around your head, just in case nobody caught on to that. But yeah, and then I love using lavender as well. That's something that just like, I'm totally a lavender person. Yeah, peppermint is great. It's awesome that you said that because I so many people use peppermint. I don't often get headaches. Um, but many of my friends do and they've even tried like putting it on their thumb and then just pushing it on the roof of your mouth Oh interesting when you get it. Yeah, if it's not if it's an oil you can put in your mouth with peppermint Apparently that also helps when they have headache. Oh, that's so interesting. I will, I'll definitely yeah. have to check that out because I would rather yeah. Do something more natural than like I said taking Advil or something, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that's thing too it's like if you're going to at least try these things first you know if struggling and you need that relief of course you take the Advil or you know if, if it's inhibiting your day but why not try this first yeah Let's see if it works, <laughs> it works yeah. really well yeah yeah so one of the other things I wanted to chat about was when we were talking in the DMs you mentioned past lives and that that was something that you were interested in. So I would love if you could share a bit about that. Like, what, what are you interested in about past lives? And like, what do you know? And then we can just kind of dive in from there. Yeah, sure. Well, I've just had a lot of dreams over the years uh, that I, you know, even when I was younger, that I didn't know about past lives at the time. Uh, but I would have just, you know, dreams of being a witch dreams of working for or under like military personnel uh, and people who were like regal. Like, so I was like a confidant for 
you know, and as a young teen, I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. This is just a dream. It wasn't again until I got more into astrology and I started looking at my South node and then leaning into that and thinking, oh yeah, I was like a spiritual guide. I was a mystic. I was uh, the confidant to the king and queen to give, give them this healing information to do all these things. And in return, I was taken care of financially. And so in this life with my Taurus North node, I'm here to build stability. I'm here to learn financial independence and really kind of move away from, like I already have those other things and I should take them with me, but move away from and, and develop that, that kind of independence in, in financial ways and not, and, and I don't want to be, like my innate feeling is to move away from that, but, I'm learning how to. <laughs> so it's more so my inner desire to not have anyone control me. And then looking back and saying, this is where sort of past life stuff has come back. So for example, when I was younger and I did something like silly with my money when I was 12 or 14 years old and my mother came in and took my bank card away and that set off a huge emotional upheaval. And I thought, okay, but why now am I getting this upset about it? And it very directly relates to the financial control that certain people had over me in a past life. If I didn't behave in a certain way, follow the rules, you know, that kind of thing. So in this life, it was showing up as a dynamic between my mom and I in that moment, but it's shown up in many different dynamics in my work life and my personal life it kind of just keeps showing up until i really get it <laughs> really heal that karma yes uh, i love that you shared this again because it's such it, it just really i know that i'm sure that the people listening to this episode like they're going to be a spiritual being because i mean naturally that's what i talk about on this channel but i think that it's so interesting what I've learned from my dreams too. Like I've, I think it was January, 2019 when I learned about the concept of astral projecting. Mm. And have you heard about this? Yes. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. So basically what that kind of dreaming was like is I would fall asleep at night and I literally felt like I was flying above, let's say, so I'm from Vancouver Island. And so I was like literally traveling around and just seeing Vancouver Island, like from the sky, like I could just live and be in these different areas of where I was from. And I was, and I just thought this is so interesting. And when I lived in Toronto, I really did. That's when I was in Toronto was in 2019. I really did miss Vancouver Island, like so much. And I would like wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, like I literally felt like I left the room last night. Like it was, it was so interesting. And, and so I just think that there's, I really do believe in past lives and just our soul knowing so much. And even when I think about like, I'm 31 years old and I think about what I know and just intuitively, I just feel like it's more than 30 years of experience. You know what I mean? So, and yeah. I love that you're yeah. bringing in the astrology and just, really considering and being curious, like a superficial level would be your mom taking away your banking card and you being like, Oh my God, like she's such a cow, like blah, blah, blah. Like my life's so hard yeah. so on. But instead you're like, how far does this go back? What is, this, <laughs> what is the universe teaching me right now? You know what I mean? And I feel like there's just so much more growth from that rather than just being, you know, a pissed off person. It's like, what is there for me to learn? which is so powerful because then you just like tap into this like limitless portal of, 
of knowledge and wisdom that can pour into you, you know? That's so true. That's a great point. Yeah, it's always like taking it and going, hey, but especially if it's a dynamic that you notice, you can see a pattern. Oh, yeah. Like, is it really them or is it more? (laughs) And I think that when it comes to coaching, doing the work myself or coaching clients and so on, or even just sharing content online, like I really, really try to emphasize when we get triggered or we experience challenging situations in our life, like really what is there to learn from that? And I do believe that when we have patterns in our life that keep showing up and disrupting our lives, that there's something to learn there. And it's like the universe with a little megaphone being like, hey, listen up, (laughs) pay attention, (laughs) right? And then we're not paying attention and it keeps showing up and it's like knocking on the door, like, okay, there's something for you to learn here. And like, I really believe once we get it, then we move on from it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. You're right. (laughs) We all have those things. (laughs) I know. And there's nothing bad or wrong. It's just, it's just an opportunity for growth and like, yeah. for example, everything that you just shared, like your near-death experience and the transformation with your health and learning more about astrology, like all of that, you taking that as challenges and overcoming it and learning it is allowing you to like teach it to others, right? Which is so yeah. funny because we were talking about, now I can see this, we we're talking about you having a 4-6 profile in human design and the 6 side is the unconscious side and the 6 line has to do with, you know, being being a leader and being a mentor or a a teacher and it's like you've gone and you're learning all these things and now you're like okay i'm going to show you how to do this this is how you can take essential oils and understand astrology and just you're like taking it to the next level that's that's a classic six line for sure yeah and it's funny that because it's true i don't look at myself in that way at all so that's why when i ask other people and they say that i'm like no i don't i'm not that i'm not you know, so that's really helpful actually to see that, that it's the, how other people see you. Yeah, exactly. And just so that the listeners know, like your profile in human design, the first number is how you see yourself. So your profile is like your roles in life. So the first number is how you see yourself. And the second number is like how you unconsciously experience yourself or how others see you. Right. So me sharing this, you're like, yeah, I don't see myself as a six line, but everyone else is like, man, (laughs) you know, all the things like you're teaching us so many things and you're like, Oh, and it's just coming so naturally to you, right? And then the, your, the four line, which is your conscious line we talked about, is just like you networking and communities and bringing people together and wanting to give them the resources and whatnot. So that's like so complimentary, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, love, I love human design so much. That's amazing. Is there anything else that you, that you wanted to share before we kind of wrap up our recording today? I don't think so. I think, yeah. You talked about all the things. Talked yeah. about a lot. <laughs> and we also talked about things that I've never talked about before on my channel. So I'm really excited to to bring this new wisdom to my awesome. my audience. So I want to thank you for that. So, oh, I'm so, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I've never been on a podcast, so I'm really happy to be here with you that's today. So cool. You're and sharing your generator energy. Obviously, now I have it. <laughs> I'm getting a little energy download yeah that's awesome before (laughs) before I wrap things up can you just share with the audience like if you have ways that they can work with you or reach out to you and then I'll include that in the show notes as well yeah for sure so you can find me on Instagram right now at good resonance 
And yeah, just check out my Instagram. Feel free to direct message me. Um, all my contact information is there. So I do work with essential oils. I do do nutritional guidance as well. I, of course, all of the things we're talking about is my offerings. <laughs> But I am working on a, a course as well. So stay tuned for that. I'm doing a Chinese medicine organ clock course. So it'll be more in depth. I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I want to thank the listeners for tuning in. And if you haven't subscribed yet or liked the channel, please do. And obviously, if you listen to this episode, definitely share it on social media and tag us so that we can you know, just be excited with you. So thank you for listening. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Bye.